everyone, and welcome back to Books with Spice, please. I'm Al. And I'm Katie, and in this week's episode, we're going to be discussing and reviewing Hideaway by Penelope Douglas. We read this book for the podcast because we read the first in the series, Corrupt, last season. So this is our reread of Hideaway because we had personally read Hideaway after we read Corrupt for the podcast last year. So it was really interesting to get back into this world. Yeah, neither of us had read further than Hideaway either. Neither of us really wanted to do Damon's point of view. And honestly, while I liked the book the first time, it's not one I would have reread given a choice, you know? I was always looking forward to this reread because it's been so long since we've read them and I want to know more about Damon now that I feel like I'm a little bit more experienced in some of his books. Yeah, that's fair. After rereading this one, I did feel more inclined to read his story than I did the first time. Yeah, I think when we first read it, it was like when we first, first started reading. I hadn't read any dark romance before that. Yeah, that was this was pretty much the same for me too. So it's not as dark as some other books that I've read. And I'm like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, I am interested to see what happens next. So we're going to keep reading this series on the pod. Yeah, so a little what we know just off the top of our heads about Penelope Douglas. We know she's a popular indie dark romance author. Actually, back up, I didn't know she was an indie author. I think she is. Yeah, all I know is that she's a popular author and writes dark kind of bully romances. Some taboo. Yeah, Credence. Yep. Okay. That's all I know. That's all we know. Where did you read your copy of Hideaway? I read mine on Kindle Unlimited, and it was 526 pages long. I got mine at the library as an audiobook, and it was almost 15 hours. It had two narrators. There was one for Banks and one for Kai, and I think it was the same narrators that had done Corrupt. Okay, that makes sense. They're just going to keep them going. Okay. And then the next in the Devil's Night series is Kill Switch, which we will be reading that one too next month. Of course. And after that one, I think we're going to decide whether or not we want to read the novellas. It's, you know, if anyone has an opinion on it or thinks we should, let us maybe, know. Maybe we should just leave it up to the people. I like that idea. Yeah, because I'm interested to see because I saw that one of them is like in Damon's point of view and he's like looking for Will or something like that. And I'm like, okay, so are we going to get even more about Damon? And I'm going to care more? Is that is that what people are telling me? Or, you know, like, how invested do I need to be to find out if I care about Will and Damon and everybody? And see, for me, I don't really care. <laughs> I don't. I don't care about reading the novella. I want to get to more authors and more genres. I've reread Corrupt by Penelope Douglas once, Hideaway twice. I didn't really like Trist Venom 6. I've read Credence and Birthday Girl that I love. So, like, Penelope Douglas to me is a so-so author, I think. For me personally, when it comes to reading books, like, I will read them and I enjoy them some of the time, most of the time. But she's not one that I would, like, drop everything for, you know? Yeah, that's kind of almost why I want to do it for the podcast. Because... To make yourself do it. Yeah. But you don't have to. That's the beauty. We don't want to have to do it. But I want you don't want to you don't want to make set. yourself read books just for the podcast. We need to read them because we want to. But I also want the set. Like so completing them all, you mean? Yes. For the podcast and making that look good. Yeah, I guess. 
It would be a grind. It would be. Anyway, I think we should just like let the people vote. I think that's a good idea because it doesn't have to be every series, but I know this was a popular series. See if we should read the novellas in the series. Yes. Okay. I agree. I agree. Let's do it. I'm excited. With that, let's get into our triggers for this book. Remember, we are an 18 plus podcast, and this specific story that we are going to be discussing has rape and childhood sexual assault that happened in the past, but it is discussed in detail on page. There's attempted rape on the page, and there's it's just a very mafia-esque dark romance. So if that's not for you, then we really understand if you decide not to listen to this episode. Yes. That's all yeah. just really intense. Exactly. So from now on, spoiler warning. Do, 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 do. <laughs> that brings us to our characters. This story is about Kai. He is one of the horsemen from Corrupt. The horsemen included Kai, Damon, Will, and Michael. And Michael, yes. Michael. Who Corrupt is essentially about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the horsemen too kai spent time in prison with everybody except for michael remember michael was the only one who can go to prison right yeah he owns a dojo then you have banks and we'll talk more about who she is but all you need to know right now is she's the love interest in our book yep and we'll then... also hear some about rika who is michael's girlfriend and gabriel who is damon's father yes I think that just about wraps it up. I mean, you know, it's all the same characters from Corrupt. We are invested in the series now, so you should probably know what we're talking about at this point because spoiler podcast, right, guys? Spoiler alert. Those are the basic characters. We're going to jump off into the story. Yeah, so this one is going to be reviewed a little differently the way we're going to break the book down for you this week. In Hideaway, the chapters go back and forth between six years in the past and then the present. But we're just going to let you know everything that happens in the past between our two main love interests like right away and then go from there and talk about what is happening presently. And in the story, it goes like it goes back and forth and builds up what happens in the past very slowly throughout the book. It was a lot like Ugly Love, which I keep bringing that book up. You just that book just really stuck with you. I know. I'm a little shocked, but yeah. <laughs> I just you go back and forth in that one. And when we were doing the notes for that one, it was like a constant back and forth, and it was driving me crazy trying to keep track of the story. Yeah, I think this is how I'm gonna write them out from now on. It's just too repetitive when we're trying to relay the story. Yeah, like we're trying to talk about what happens, and we do like to have our mystery and like to talk about the story as it unfolds. But I really liked being able to see the full past all as a whole when we were writing the notes. I thought that was so nice. Yeah, it made it a lot, lot easier, I think, honestly. I think with that being said, let's just get into it. Our first scene is six years ago. We're in Kai's perspective. He's waiting for Damon at church, and he sits in what he thinks is an empty confessional box and starts confessing his sin. I quote, I like to watch people, something new I just discovered about myself, wanting to be in it, to feel what they're feeling. It's almost hotter than actually being part of it, and I like hiding. I don't want my friends to know me as well as they think they do. I don't know why. There are just some things that are more exciting when they're a secret. 
And then a girl sitting on the other side of the screen is listening the whole time. And that's how Banks, our female love interest, is introduced. Banks tells him she won't judge him and she wants to know more about his secrets. She could be anyone. He could be anyone. And Kai opens up to her more. Our mystery girl, who, as we know, is Banks, tells him that there are rumors surrounding the Pope Hotel and they're important to note for later on in the story. Do you want to tell us about those rumors? Yes, there's a 12th floor that exists on the Pope Hotel, but no one can get to it. It's said that it's hidden. And you can see a lady after midnight dancing by herself like a ballerina in the ballroom of the penthouse floor. She tells Kai that the woman is still there. And then he goes on to tell her more about watching his friend have sex with a girl at school, following her after she had finished having sex with that guy into the showers and having sex with her there, which I thought was just... Super, like, the way that it's described, like, it's really serious and intense, but it also sounds really hot. I don't know. I think it kind of was creepy. He was making it sound creepy. No, he says, he fucked her, but I was the one who made her come. It just sounds dark. He just is so confident. Like, he just, he knew that... It was hot shit. He was the one making her come. Because he was the one... Wasn't he, like... Yeah, he was, like, a full eye contact with her, and she was putting on a show for him. Yeah, um, I guess it's a little hot. I don't know. <laughs> it's, like... Yeah, it sounds hot. <laughs> but Banks leaves and tells him happy hunting because it's Devil's Night, and she knows who he is. And what him and his friends get up to. And he still doesn't know who she is. And he's kind of like shook that he doesn't know who she is. Because he kind of knows everybody in town. It's a it's a small, rich town. Yeah, so we're still on Kai's point of view. And he's on edge still from that conversation with her. And she's still a mystery at this point, remember? It's Devil's Night, like we said. And he's just obsessing over how he's going to find her later that evening. Later on, Damon's driving at the front of the train of cars in front of Kai and Michael and being reckless. He runs a bicyclist over off the road and Kai's mad at him for it and he pulls over. This woman riding the bike is wearing dirty, too big clothes and he sees that she wasn't hurt. Two men pull up and grab her, but she seems to know them and her departing words are, I quote, thought you had some people to scare tonight and he connects the dots. It's the girl from the confessional. And he thinks to himself, she fucked with me today, and now I'm going to fuck with her. And then we finally get into Banks' point of view for the flashback scene. And she gets scolded for going to confessional by herself and not getting a ride from someone. Because they don't want her brother getting mad at them. That's why she was on her bike going confessional by herself. like Because she, she always has to have someone with her. We discover that her brother keeps her locked away. And she dresses the way that she does in baggy clothes, in boys' clothes that are too big for her. Because it's, like, to hide her womanly figure so she doesn't, like, appear to be changing or growing up. And she's been ingrained to believe that women are just for sex. So if she doesn't really want to be a woman at this point, she's only 17 years old in this flashback. I mean, she's really poor. Like, her brother... I mean, I don't know how much we want to get into it. He, like, owns her at this point. We don't yeah. know that, but, like, he owns her. So she doesn't have anything else. So suddenly she ends up 
basically being kidnapped and blindfolded and no one is there to help her because they were all preoccupied with some fireworks that had been going off as a distraction. She's thrown into a trunk and driven out into the woods. It was, of course, the horseman who had kidnapped her for Kai on Devil's Night. Kai reminds her that she wanted to be hunted, so here we are. And there's kind of like this cat-mouse game, and he catches her, and she tells him off. He tells her that he'd like her to stay. Michael drops them a condom, and she says they won't need it, and Kai says he wouldn't be so sure yet if he was her. She tells him that her mom works for the Torrances, which was a lie, and he ends up giving her her first kiss. They start kind of this role-playing dialogue, kind of interesting like he's a priest and she's sitting on his lap and confessing to him and so here's some quotes from that a boy got a hold of me father i told him looking into his eyes did he i nodded inside the dark bell tower by the cemetery i know i shouldn't have let him but he grabbed me and did he steal you away from everyone else kai taunted get you alone yes father and so this kind of continues and she tells him things like how the boy kissed her neck and he put his hands under her shirt and kai will proceed to do those things that she's saying out loud to the priest who's kai like acting like the boy <laughs> did it to her yeah yeah <laughs> i loved it reading this back i was like wow this is primo stuff i didn't realize i was listening to back then yeah it's interesting like i don't know I just think about their age. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's true. I was just thinking about how like he was the one that confessed to her and then she got to like confess to him in this part and it was so cute. Yeah, it's kind of cute, but like at the same time, is it believable? I don't want to know though. I don't know. I don't know if it's believable, I guess, I'm but not it was hot. It's really believable, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I I was definitely I kind of surprised and excited. I was like listening to this audiobook and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, what's going on? And then I was like, ooh, okay. I'm definitely paying more attention now. Yeah, things progress and her shirt comes off. She kind of freaks out because she's embarrassed. She has this ace bandage wrapped around her chest to help her chest appear more flat instead of wearing a bra like quote unquote normal girls. And Kai just tries to reassure her that it's okay. Yeah, he says that he wants to take her to the movies and stuff and make things special for her. But Damon finds them and sees and recognizes Banks. And she starts to feel sick. She is so scared that Damon is going to be mad at her. He says, there's beautiful girls out there, man. And you chose the one who looks like a boy. She starts crying and runs away. And Kai is pissed that Damon was an ass to her. Damon catches her and says, I should rip off every single piece of clothing on your body right now. Every thing I've given you. I told you all women are, were selfish. Lying cunts. He doesn't get to have you and you don't get to have him. She reassures him that she's his and she loves him. Damon calms down and tells Banks that Kai likes beautiful girls and guys would say anything to get what they want. Kai isn't a good guy like she might think. Damon tells his men that Banks can go to the bonfire but to keep her quiet and guys away from her, especially Kai. Yeah. So you kind of get the first glimpse about how odd and just kind of toxic their relationship is, but you still don't know as a reader at what point what their relationship is. Yeah. So summing up the rest of the night, oh, I guess you do at this point know, right? I mean, at this point... You know going... that it's her brother, so I think you kind of, like, that they didn't want to deal with her brother when he's mad. 
Mm-hmm. So you can kind of guess that that was who he was talking about. Yeah. But anyways, summing up the rest of the night, she watches Kai beat the shit out of someone, but she isn't too deterred from being attractive or curious about him like Damon said she would be. And after Kai beats the guy up, there's a beautiful girl there to kiss him. Damon comes up to her and tells him that Kai's longtime girlfriend, she's always who he crawls back to. So Banks gets upset and goes back home to Damon's room. She's taken once again by Michael. <laughs> and they paint her face like a sugar school to disguise her from anyone. She's really stressed about this and doesn't want Damon to discover her out again. And she definitely should not be in the city. They end up at the Pope Hotel, which is abandoned by the way. I don't think we mentioned that before. And there's teens, young adults, all playing a game that's a mixture of hide and seek and seven minutes in heaven. Which, yes, is way more interesting than the truth or dare games that repeatedly played in after which we read last week no a couple weeks ago but yeah way more interesting yeah it's way more interesting more thrilling you know (laughs) i don't know truth or dare very little cool at least this seems more high school imagine going into a corn maze i could not no (laughs) you played this game anyone that the person that you found you, you have to make out with or whatever Oh my god. You find a dead end and get naked. No, damn. Look at that Jesus Oh my god. It sounds so fun. Um, anyway. Bing's hiding in a room where a girl gets found and they start to have sex. She's under the bed while they're doing it, but she's able to sneak out and is found by Kai, but he doesn't know it's her until she says something to Tim Lock. And she runs again. He chases her. Kai finds her and they start making out and she lets him know that she wants him i quote i only want you i breathed over his mouth our soft lips taunting each other it's not like that with him i only talk to you and then kai and banks find a woman dancing on the 12th floor just like the rumors and it turns out to be damon's mother who disappeared and is supposed to just like be gone we find out that she had done horrible horrible things to damon it started like when he was 12 it sounded like and she had raped him multiple times so we learn more about damon's mom at some point i'm not sure which but i felt like i should add it in here because this is really the only time that you talk about her in this book for the most part and it was in the big climax too right of the story or the yeah 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 so we learned that damon's mom was 16 when she married gabriel damon's dad and basically had Damien right away. She was a ballerina in Russia and Gabriel just like had her. He just, she was just his. So she's really closer to Damon's age more than even her husband's age. And it's kind of, it's just really sad for her, but like it was awful what she did to Damon. Yeah, her age and being in that situation does not excuse what she did. Absolutely not. So Kai doesn't know anything about Damon's mom or what Damon's mom had done to Damon at this point. And Banks tells him that Damon wouldn't want to see his mom and they needed to find Damon and get him out of there. Like, she's not even afraid that Damon's going to see her anymore. She just wants to get him away from his mom. Mm -hmm. Mission one, take care of Damon. But Damon's mom recognizes them and says some, like, really disturbing things that we're going to share here. Tell him mama loves him. She called out, I'm the only one who loves him. I hear he's quite the animal now, she taunted. No girl in that town is safe. That's mommy's big boy. I wanted him to take you. 
her words left her lips softly and crawled inside me as she held my eyes. Sleeping in his room like you do, he won't be able to resist the son of his precious girl. She reached out, brushing her knuckles gently across my jaw. His little treasure. It was super weird. And then Damon walks in. It's almost like he becomes possessed or entranced at seeing his mom again. I think he had fought her and hurt her a lot. And his dad had sent her away. He just can't stop staring at her. Banks is trying to call out to him and begs him to look at her. It's like he can't even hear her. And his mom says some more really fucked up shit. If you love her, she can't hurt you, Natalia told him. If you hurt her instead, she'll never escape you. You'll always own her. She's yours. You don't ask and you don't care. Take what's yours. Take her. Her voice dropped so low. I could barely hear. Take her. She goes on and on and finally Damon looks at Banks and it's really not known whether or not Damon was going to listen to his mom or if he was going to stop. But suddenly they hear Kai yell, shut up. And they watch him slap her and she falls. And it's assumed that she's dead. Damon insists that it's going to be okay and Damon takes care of the body and Kai goes home with Banks. No, Banks goes home with Damon. No, I think Kai takes Banks home. Does she? I think he does because Damon took care of the body and he got home late that night. Oh, okay. I completely don't remember. <laughs> I just don't remember that. Now we're in present day. No more past events. And our story really starts off with Kai stalking Erica, catching her off guard, and attacks her in her own apartment. And she mentions it was supposed to be a safe place. They've been working with her and training her in self-defense because Damon is still out there and tried killing her once before, as you may recall, and corrupt. So Kai is trying to help her keep her on her toes. He definitely took it too far and enjoyed it a bit too much. He always feels like he's towing the line, comparing himself to Damon, like he's just so easily able to cross that line and be more like Damon. He doesn't really like the, I quote, animal that Damon is. Rightfully so, Michael was pissed that Kai kind of scared Rika so much. She points out to Kai, too, afterwards that he liked sharing her and now he's quiet and no one gets to see where he eats or sleeps. He thinks to himself, I quote, I had to keep everything inside or risk the wrong thing slipping out. It was better this way. And we also discover Will is only sober a few hours of the day, drinking and fucking his time away. Yep. Kai, Michael, and Will decide to pay Damon's father a visit. He says to him, don't fool with me, boy. You're only still alive because Damon will want to do the honors himself. They want the Pope Hotel because they think Damon is hiding there. So Kai has offered to buy it as like an investment from his friend's dad, right? Cool beans. They're left alone waiting for Banks, Damon's dad's assistant, to go over the deal. And they're talking about Damon in front of this woman who is dressed like really masculine. And at the end, it's revealed that she was Banks, Damon's dad's assistant this whole time. And they didn't even know. And they had spilt all of their plans right in front of her. And they really hoped that she wasn't going to tell Damon's dad. <laughs> so later Banks meets with the horsemen and tells them that Mr. Torrance wants assurances that they won't hurt his son if he sells them the Pope. And he has them also agree to have Kai marry his niece. It's like an alliance with insurance through arranged marriage type thing. So it ends up being like a really weird kind of arranged marriage romance really quick. Oh, no. which, 
Yeah, which I kind oh, of didn't think about. Yeah, actually, you're right. It actually ended up... Yeah, okay, we'll get more into that, too, because, yeah. It's like a full-blown mafia arranged marriage style book. It is, isn't it? Interesting. I never really thought about this book that way. Yeah. So, he tells Banks that they have a deal if Mr. Torrance agrees to include her in the deal as his wedding present. He wants her to work for him until the wedding day. Kai has no intention of actually getting married, though. He's just trying to get access to the Pope to try to find Damon for a bit before he backs out. So that's really interesting, too, because reading this back and thinking more about this book, why the fuck would they think it was safe to talk about their plans at all in front of anybody who works for Gabriel? Exactly. It felt so dumb. She was so much smarter than them every single time. Yeah, well, they're men. Stupid. Stupid men. <laughs> Overconfident. Too sure of themselves. Like, oh, it's just a woman, you know? <laughs> she <laughs> looks <up>. weird. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in Banks' point of view now. We get a small flashback about how she ended up with the Torrances. Turns out that Damon and Banks are siblings. That's when you really get the deets on them being siblings. Her mom had went to Gabriel to ask for money, and Damon saw her, told his dad he wanted her, and that was it. I quote: Eight days later, he showed up on my mother's doorstep. He hands her nine thousand four hundred sixty-two dollars, a Rolex, and some emerald earrings, and he takes me home with him. Banks is doing some research on Kai and discovers that since being out of prison, he's never been publicly seen with a woman. He doesn't ever have more than one drink. And he was mean before he went to prison. Well, he was fine, you know, but he is now mean and even cruel at times. David, one of the men who looks after her, warns her that he's too controlled and men like that are unpredictable. She meets with him for the first time since the deal he made with her father, and he says, I quote, There's something about you, kid, he said, still watching the road ahead. I don't know what it is, but most of the time, teaching those classes, meeting with contractors, talking to my friends, shit, he shook his head. I can barely stand it. I even have trouble chewing my goddamn food most of the time. And then he looked over at me, shifting into fifth. But not around you. Around you, I get hungry. Like I'm starving. <sighs> Just something about her, I guess. I thought that was a great quote that yeah. I didn't notice until you had picked it out like that. And I think it's so sweet. He, since day one, since day one, and you find out that he thinks about her quite often than he had over the years. And the way he talks and treats her, I kind of love it. I mean, they kind of treat each other poorly. But at the end, I can just see their relationship blossoming into, like, this beautiful, sweet romance, you know? Mm-hmm. It is, because they just love each other so much. They're just broken. It, this is, like, foreplay for them. All it of it. Yeah, it is. It is. Because he's very, I think you could call it a primal king. He's very mm -hmm. much into primal play, don't you think? Yeah. That's what this is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now it's time to search the Pope. You want to tell us about that? Yes. They don't really find anything while they're at the Pope searching it. But Banks does have a notable moment where she's standing her ground against them when they had started asking her about Damon and getting kind of like antsy about her being so close to Damon and not knowing more about her. And she defends herself and tells them off. She says, what can you do, I asked. 
You're an athlete in the public eye, about to get married to the girl you've loved forever, with so much to lose. And this one, I gesture to Will behind him, is only sober from the time he drags his ass out of bed in the morning until he can make it to the beer cooler he keeps in the kitchen. The horsemen are weak and dying, I continued, feigning a concerned look. Perfect time for enemies to strike. I love that moment, honestly. I love that moment for her. I know, they had fucked around with her in the past, and now she's like, all grown up. Y'all uh-huh. don't get to treat me like that anymore. It was beautiful. <laughs> and then Kai just really wants to know more about things and gets and to get her underneath him, as he put it. They're talking and she's telling him about his future wife. And he talks about how timid and innocent she seemed six years ago and how much more calculated she is now, which is sort of what you were trying to point out. Yeah. So there's a story that Kai tells her about his dad when they were poor. And we're going to discuss that more on our live show this Friday, Friday Night Spice, because I thought that was a really cool story. I honestly love Kai's parents. But for time's sake, we're going to skip it. Yeah, I thought that was a really sweet story, too. And I can't wait to talk about it on the live. It's also important to note that Kai still hasn't signed the contract quite yet, and Gabriel, Damon's dad, has tasked Banks to get him to sign it, whatever it takes, because she's going to be working for Kai all this time. So Kai is making all of these revisions to this contract to buy more time, while Banks pushes it back and forth while they search for Damon. Another side note. We're going to just get a little bit more of a glimpse about why Banks feels such an understanding for her brother. So no one at home loved him. Their father was a tyrant. His mom terrorized him. And she saw a lot of things happen to him that he had tried to hide her from. She was never meant to see the things that happened to him happen. That's why he's so possessive over the few people he cares about in his life and has gone so far to keep his friends together. He does not like change and Rika just reeked. (laughs) Rika just reeked of change yeah it's shortly after this reflection she realizes that kai isn't really her enemy and he just wants answers like she wants her brother back so she has this to the bone loyalty just like deep to the bone loyalty to damon but she's growing up and she's wondering what she can do for herself beyond damon but she still wouldn't mind running away and being with Damon alone forever. But she also isn't quite sure what she truly wants just for herself. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting how you can tell that she wants to be with Damon, but she she doesn't want to have to choose. If she's going to be with Damon the way that Damon loves her, she's going to have to be locked up in a house to protect her and all of this stuff. But she doesn't know if that's what she really wants. Yeah. She's starting to question what her future is going to be. And then we get more into a bit of Kai's prison life and what it was like for him. And we're going to actually discuss that too more on this week's Friday Night Spice episode over on Instagram. It's going to be really fun to talk about because he gets really serious about prison. There's so much in Kai's backstory that is explained in these moments that don't really move the but it's really great character development. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So the next scene that comes up involves Alex. This is one of her first entrances back into the story from the last book. You might remember her. She is an escort and one of the friends of the group. She had been kind of an escort at like Michael's parties and then she slowly became friends with Rika. So she's around a lot and she notices that Banks doesn't get touched very often 
and she tells her it's important for humans to have contact with one another. And then she does this little exercise where she has Banks close her eyes and picture her guy. And she does. And Banks really gets into it. She really allows herself to get lost to the fantasy while Alex narrates everything that's happening to her. And here's some quotes from that. Do you want to start them, Katie? I'm going to eat you so fucking deep, he said, his possessive hand on my stomach trailing down the inside of my thigh. Take my hands, baby, he whispered. Put my hands on you. I licked my dry lips, not even hesitating. I grabbed his hand on my thigh, but stopped, feeling a soft, slender hand that didn't feel like a man's. I popped my eyes open, seeing Alex at my side. And then Alex tells her as she leans in, Tonight, you should remember that fantasy and finish it even if it's just for you, by yourself, and your bed. Spicy. <laughs> and then our makeover scene that Banks receives and the reaction to it, we will be discussing that more on Friday Night Spice. So finally, we hear from Damon. Kai receives a phone call from an unknown number. He picks up and immediately hears Damon on the other line saying, Did you fuck her yet? Kai just stays quiet, and Damon continues to be a weirdo and drops hints as to what his plans might be when he points out that Devil's Night is soon. He talks about Rika being alone too much at the penthouse and says other things, insinuating that he's watching them and he's actually right there this whole time, even though they thought he was anywhere else. They get off the phone and Kai thinks to himself, I loved Damon once and how I knew Gabriel Torrance was wrong. I would do anything for his son. I have done anything for his son. Mm -hmm. As we know, that's true. Mm -hmm. So this next scene, I'm going to call they're about to do it or are they? They really love their foreplay, and it's so hot. Kai goes to look at the Pope again and finds Banks is there too. She does see him, and he tries to follow her on the elevator to the 12th floor. He can't figure out how to do it, but then the door behind him starts to open, and Banks is there to get on the elevator to leave. Turns out there was a secret floor. It's a penthouse, and he could tell that Damon had been there. He is super pissed because he figured that Banks knew that Damon was there, but she didn't. And she was also just looking for Damon. Kai tells her all she had to do was ask him not to hurt Damon and wouldn't. He wants her now to beg him. And he's just so pissed at her. And she ends up smacking him. He tells her, I quote, You'll never be more than what you are now. I dove in, slamming my hands on the wall behind her, bringing us nose to nose. Something for men to use. That's all you are. And in 50 years, you'll end up alone, never knowing what this feels like. Okay, they are getting hot and heavy. They have a heated, angry, hate makeout session, but they don't really hate each other. There's some more quotes. I liked you, I whispered. I still remember how good those stolen moments with you felt. Out of all the women, my mind always found her. She says that she belongs to Damon and that she'll never be Kai's. And he says, but you want me. And he pushes her back onto the bed. She tenses and tells him that she's scared. And he thought that it was because of Damon's reaction if he found out about Banks sleeping with him. But I quote, he enters her and she cries out, tossing her head back with her face twisted up in pain. Ah, oh God. And I growled, thrusting hard and deep and sinking into her tight body, my brain barely registering, a thin barrier giving way. Oh my God. She opened her eyes, looking up into my pained face. Oh God, what did I do? Her lips slowly curved into a half smile. Yeah, 
You didn't see that coming, did you? God, Kai felt so fucking bad. He did, because he was really kind of coming on to her aggressive right then. Like, he was like, no, we're going to do this now, you know? And then, what? You're a virgin? Yeah, that's After not how all you this start time. the first time. <laughs> no, and I mean, it had been six years since they had last been together. And when they were last together, he kind of knew that she was definitely a virgin then. So, <sighs> this whole time, it was like she was his. Even though she was with Damon this whole time, it was like she was Kai's. Yeah, I guess you can look at it that way. I don't know how simple. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. That's how it felt for me. It was like this moment. I loved it. In this reread, I loved that moment where I was like, oh, that's right. And I was like, wow, this is so crazy. <sighs> I know. <laughs> I like this moment too. It just kind of seemed like a very tender scene. Like it was honestly kind of sad. But it turned tender. So we have some more quotes to share. Do you want to start us? We bounce back into Banks' point of view. It goes, it burned and I was uncomfortable. My throat swelled with the tears I was trying to hold in. It's okay, he whispered under his breath, gently pushing my hair out of my eye. It's okay. You got what you wanted, so get off me now. I was breaking and the tears broke free, running down my temples into my hair. I was ruined. Damon was going to hate me now. It doesn't matter. I'll still choose him. He never hurt me like this. Not like you did. He winced, and I couldn't tell if I'd cut him. Kai worried he was bad, and he tried to be sinister, but not so deep down. He was good, and it was who he was. He would never change. He didn't like hurting me. And she tries to get away, and he grabs her again and says, Hurt me. Do what you want with me. He gasped in my ear. I deserve it. Kai, I yelled, fighting him. His lips stopped on my cheek, breathing hard and hot. Not tonight. What? I'm not Kai, he said, and you're not Banks. There was something pleading in his voice that made me pause. And then they proceed with having sex, and he gives her good foreplay this time. He plays with her boobies, and he's going down on her. I quote, you're so fucking tight down here, he panted gently, biting me. But you're going to stretch, I promise. I knew what I had been missing all this time, but I didn't think I'd be unable to resist it. I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to. Now relax your thighs, he instructed. Spread them wide and let them fall to the bed, okay? Open for me. Just open. I lay down my thighs, knees bent, and spread for him. <sighs> what a moment to describe. Right on. So Rika and Banks get into a fight and we are going to talk about that more on the live because that is a perfect conversation to have another time. It's time for Damon to contact Banks now. She's in the car with Will and Alex and Damon calls from an unknown number again. He says, did you have fun tonight? They will hurt you, he told me, and he will toss you out like trash because that's what sluts are. Trash. If I was going to let my kid sister pass her pussy off to my friends, he said, I'd have at least given you to Will for the first dibs. He was the most loyal. The phone call ends when he asks Banks if Kai was normally at the church on Wednesday nights. And she demands Will and Alex to drive straight to the church. And she finds Kai at the church safe. So Kai and Banks get it on at the church. <laughs> That's what this next part is going to be all about. When Kai sees her. He tells her that he saw the charges on the company card. She had gone shopping with Will and Alex right before this and asks why she wasn't wearing her new clothes. I quote, 
Oh, I am. She twisted back around, reached inside her jacket, and lifted up her shirt, displaying a dark gray lace piece of lingerie, accentuating the fuck out of her stomach, perfect breasts, and beautiful skin. The bottom hugged her waist just above her belly button, and every curve, the mount of her breasts to the swoop running down to her hip, was like someone squeezing her lungs. And then she tells him that Will picked it out and saw her in it. So he then proceeds to start chasing her, and he opens up to feeling unworthy of letting himself enjoy a woman's company and reassures her that Erica didn't mean anything romantic to him at all because she had known about the threesome that he was in. And I quote, you make me feel driven, you make me hungry and on fire and I want to slow down time instead of wanting to rush through it. It's you I look for when I walk indoors in the morning, not her, you. Kai is giving her spankings for fighting Erica, which we'll talk more about later. <laughs> but she likes it. She's into the spankings, and they start to have sex. I think it's cowgirl, too, that they do. I can play dirty, too. Lifting her off me, I spun her around and yanked her panties down her legs. I shrugged out of my jacket and unfastened my belt, pulling out my cock and feeling relief at giving it some room. I pulled her back down on me. This is called reverse cowgirl, little one, I growled in her ear. Hang on. Will and Alex enter the church looking for them, and they keep fucking. I quote, I put my hand over her mouth again, but we were so close. I didn't really give a shit if Will and Alex heard us, only that Bakes would be embarrassed when she came to her senses. You weren't built for them, I said in her ear as I reached around and rubbed her clit. Not Damon or Gabriel or anyone else. You were made for me. And I want you in my bed tonight. And after sex, Banks is notified that Vanessa's arrived from Russia. Vanessa, who is Kai's fiance, thanks to the agreement he made with Gabriel. But again, please note, he has not signed the contract even at this point. Mm -hmm. So going over what happens with Vanessa, they all meet her at Gabriel's house and they discuss the contract some more. Kai makes a show of getting to know Vanessa by spending some alone time with her outside for a little bit. Banks makes it clear that she wouldn't put up with being a mistress, and Kai gets pissy with Banks because she still chooses Damon over him, and he signs the contract so that she's forced to go with him until he's married. So now he has to marry Vanessa. It's official now. Like, arranged marriage to Vanessa, and Banks is officially Kai's until the voting day. <laughs> He tells everyone about believing he killed Damon's mother, and that's why he is so adamant on finding Damon. He's convinced that Damon is going to use this information against him, and he does not want to go back to jail or prison or whatever. Was it jail or prison? Uh, well, it was prison, I think. He was there yeah. for how many years? He was there for like two or four years? Something like that. Yeah. So we end up getting another hide-and-seek game. Do you want to tell us about that, Katie? Yes. So after he signs the contract, he's in a really bad state of mind over it. And she originally went looking for him to calm him down. Bakes is legit afraid of him right now, to an extent at least. But also turned on a little bit. I quote, and I still couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe because I was throbbing everywhere. My body was pulsing and heating, and I wanted to scream, bite, and give it. Why didn't I want to run? She thinks to herself about wanting him to know that she loves him, and says, I wish I could keep you, I said. People like me don't get what they want, though. 
They earn what they need to survive. And even if there weren't so many secrets between us, I don't fit into your world, Kai. And eventually Damon gets to Vanessa, I guess, because he scares her off, I believe, if I am remembering this correctly, too. We don't really see her in the book much more, but she's the one that had pulled out of the engagement and then Kai demands to be married to Banks instead. So Damon, after this, lit Kai's dojo on fire and Banks is taken by her men, David and Lev are their name, back to her dad's house at Gabriel's request. And that's when Kai goes after her and learns of Vanessa and backing out. And that's what's demanding that Banks is his in exchange. Damon's father tells him that his daughter means nothing to him, but Kai tells him she means everything to Damon. So he needs her. He's not really even interested in the Pope anymore. He needs Banks because of Damon and he loves her. Banks is pissed that he's doing this. Her father agreed and he is pissed too about this whole situation. This is, did not go the way he wanted it to go. And Kyle leaves to prep for the wedding. Banks' dad says, I quote, You're not still a virgin, are you? He asked, probably suspicious when I didn't answer. I mean, Damon took care of that a long time ago, right? Bile rose up, swelling in my throat, and I pushed his hands away. You're disgusting, I gritted out, my eyes burning with tears. How could he be so vile? He says that he wants her good and used to his men before he leaves the room, and a couple of them start to go at her and attempt to rape her until her men, David and Lev, help, and they all leave together. The guys now are never able to go back because they disobeyed orders. Yeah, that was a really intense moment in my reread. I hadn't realized that that was in there. No, I completely, completely blocked that part out and forgot all about that part of the book. Yeah, but she gets out safe and everything is fine. It was just a close call and sketchy as heck. And that brings us to Kai and Banks' wedding. It is a quick and speedy one down at the Catholic Church that same day. Her dress is described, The bodice was charcoal and tight, leaving my shoulders and arms completely bare, while the white tulle was full around the bottom with a sheer black overlay. And she's wearing her combat boots, too. Yeah, I love that. Both of them are pissy and... Kai is making promises about making her marriage to him miserable. And she says shit like that she is sure to be a widow soon. And he's laughing at her. And they get through the service. He doesn't even kiss her at the altar. He just walks away and makes her have to follow after him when they leave to go back to his house. <laughs> but by the time that they get there, they've chilled out a bit. And he tells her when they get to his room, fuck him. And your father, I said gently, fuck me and the shit that comes out of my mouth. He's like, I don't care about any of that shit. It doesn't matter. And he continues saying, Damon knew what a treasure you were and he loves you, but he won't keep me from you. I tipped up her chin to meet my eyes. This isn't about him or the hotel or your father. I want you. And now this is time for the two newlyweds to have sex. The gown fell to the floor and my cock throbbed and swelled, her ass, her shoulders, her legs, golden skin that she sure as hell didn't inherit from her father's side, glowing in the dim light. I grabbed her tits, covering the nipples with my mouth, one by one as she held the back of the chair and began moving in and out, rolling her hips faster and faster. She rode me, her moans and whimpers getting louder, and I leaned back, taking her ass in both hands and just fucking watched her. God, I was lucky. 
I want your smart ass mouth. I kissed her lips. I want every memory you're going to make from now on. I kissed her forehead. And I want this. I gripped her, yanking her into me as I bit her neck. In the car, on the table, at breakfast, tomorrow, everywhere. And then Damon contacts Kai again, and he says that if only they'd done a little more research. This urges to make sure everything is locked up and tells the men Banks brought with her that they need to lock down the building and keep her safe. He tells Rika and Will to come to his place, and he tells Michael to meet him at the Pope. When Kai meets Michael, Michael has an epiphany and calls his lawyer to ask who owns the building he and Rika lived in before they did, and you learn that it was the Torrances, that it was Damon's family, and they all have those secret... 12 floors on them so they find the hidden penthouse inside the apartment building that rika and michael live in and it's clear that damon had been there recently it like reeks of cigarettes they tell damon that they'll meet him at the pope they put the girls on lockdown in kai's house and the horsemen go to meet damon only damon doesn't show up because he knew that the guys would leave rika and Banks behind. And Alex, too. Mm-hmm. Alex is there, too. Who is, like, Will's boo thing. It's kind of cute. And the horsemen realize this, and now they rush back to their ladies. And meanwhile, back at the house, the girls don't really know yet that Damon didn't show up to the hotel because they have their own shit to worry about. They're carving pumpkins. <laughs> the lights had turned off, and Banks sent her two dudes, Lev and David, down to the basement to turn the lights back on. There's a thump in Banks' bedroom and she thinks it's Alex, so she and Rika go to investigate. They hear something pounding on the ceiling above them, and they know that it's not any one of them. And Lev and David aren't answering Banks when she calls for them. A tall figure steps into the dark, and she hugs him thinking it's Kai, but it's Damon! <laughs> he had tied Lev and David up in the basement. Immediately, men that came with Damon came into the house and go straight to Alex, and they have a hold of her quickly. Damon says he just wants Banks back, and both Banks and Rika call him out on his bullshit. And he says, I have so many things wrong with me. A trace of solemnity in his voice. His gaze trailed around the room avoiding hours. I love going to school. I went every day, even when I was sick. Remember Banks? School was the only place I knew I'd be safe, he continued, and later on when I got older, there was music and booze and girls. It was like a party every day. Sometimes it was even enough to get me out of my head, so I hardly even noticed what was happening. He dropped his voice, forcing the last words out. And Damon tells Rika, after some time, you hate me because of the things I do, but you love Michael for all those same sins. And she points out that Michael didn't try to kill all their friends. Finally, <laughs> Kai and Michael and Will burst in. Kai yells at Damon, tells her he's abused Banks, and that if he loves her, he needs to just let her go. They quote, then he raised his eyes, telling Damon, just let her go, man. She's not going to hurt you. She loves you. And you love her. While Damon is distracted with Kai, Damon was shoved to the ground and Lil jumped on top of him. And he started to beat the shit out of him. And he yelled, you fucking prick. You're nothing. Nothing without us. Banks begs Kai to stop them from killing him. And Kai asks him where his mother's body is. It's gone. Damon confirmed that Kai didn't actually kill her. But she definitely was not fine by the time Damon left the hotel. And Banks just knew he had killed her. Eventually, everyone's fine. Kai tells the others to do what they need to. If they need to call the cops, call the cops on Damon. But he won't for Banks' sake. 
Damon leaves and Banks runs after him, screaming and asks if he ever loved her. He says something about how love was just being pain. He just knows that he doesn't want to hurt her anymore. At one point earlier in the book, it's of note that Banks had a talk with Rika about Damon, and she told Rika, I quote, Damon eats pain. I told her he will find some way to take it and twist it and fit it down his throat so he can swallow it. He's made of it. You all can endure it until you overcome it, but Damon, he wants to be in hell. It's where he shines. I turned my eyes back up to the sky, sliding an arm under my head, but still, he never cried. <sighs> Jesus, that was intense. I know. It was really intense, and it was kind of crazy how it just kind of ends. Like I know. It was very anticlimactic at the end. Everyone walks away unscathed, except for Damon, of course. He did go to jail, so she was grateful. So, our final chapter before the epilogue, Banks goes back to her dad's house one last time and ropes in Will with her. She knows that Will would do anything to help someone, and he likes to be needed. So he's the perfect go-to guy. They dognap her dad's nine dogs and steals the cook that was always there for her at Damon's. They bring back the dogs and release them into her and Kai's yard. And she tells him about stealing the cook. And he's just like, oh my god, fine. The quote is, oh, and I kind of brought Gabriel's cook. I said, stumbling up to him. We could use her, right? Yeah, fine. Fuck, whatever. He entered the <laughs> house and started pounding up the stairs. Bring everybody. Doors are open. Why the hell not? The guy just likes his privacy. And now he's got all these people in his house and all these dogs. <laughs> I know. He even had his second little hidden house. I know. <laughs> they have a cute, tender moment where he tells her he'll grant her an annulment and they can go on dates and get to know each other and do things right but she says no because the way that they got married was their story and she loves their story and she wouldn't change it and that's where Banks and Kai's story ends and the epilogue is in Damon's point of view we find out that Damon lied to Kai because his mother's body is not gone. It was buried with another body at a cemetery, and that's where Damon is at. The cemetery, standing on top of the grave that she was buried in. I want you to exist, he whispered. I want to never forget that the world is a bad place. That you were real, and that every day you're rotting under my feet. It ends with him walking away, wishing the caretaker a happy Halloween. <laughs> That's the end of our book. Yeah. So, Ow. Book husband, book boyfriend, garbage can. I think Kai is definitely a good book boyfriend. Yeah, honestly, he's pretty hot. I'd say a book boyfriend too. He's definitely. really hot. Yeah. So that brings us into our spice rating. Our spice scale goes as. Sexual tension, penis pussy, intercourse, communication, erotic, kink, tropes, etc. So, how did you feel about this tension? I loved the tension. It had been a long time coming for these two. Six years. Six years! Mm-hmm. And he, like, popped her cherry. And in that moment, it was so tense, even. Yeah. It was just like, oh my god. <laughs> I think the sexual tension was really well done in this book and it was almost like a desperate tension too because while we broke the past events and current events down into two it is like slowly built up through the story and it's done better in this book than in corrupt i think yeah i think so too there's Cor mystery as well over who bing is 
And he admitted his feelings the whole time and knew that he liked her from the start. Whereas Michael and Corrupt was, it took him way too long to figure out that he loved Rika. Yeah, he was just... let himself admit that, but, you know. He was brutal on Rika, too, like... Yeah. He really wanted to scare her. And it wasn't, like, she couldn't even measure up to giving him the same treatment, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, the way that Bang Bangs could handle herself against Kai, but Rika definitely, I feel like, it took her a while to be able to, like, really fight back with Michael. Yeah. She didn't know how to. Mm Mm-mm. She had to learn. But with Banks, it was like she made out with Rika. Just oh, yeah, to... there's that part, too. Mm-hmm. To get underneath Kai's skin. Yeah, so there's this whole thing in the book where, like, there's some jealousy or whatever because he had a threesome. And they're like, oh, well, it would only bear if Banks got to sleep with Rika, too. So they start making out. And... They both have sex. Yeah, so it turns... Okay, do Rika... I can't remember. Do Rika and Minx actually have sex together? They don't. No, but the boys have sex with the girls. Like, right in front of each other. Yeah. Rika's, like, pressed up against a shelf, and Banks is, like, bent over or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that was hot, too. Honestly. Prime spice. That's, like... That puts us up to, like, four or five times that they had sex. I guess that's an intercourse section. Yeah, so let's go back to P then. Penis yeah. pussy, it's not really described. We refer to his dick a lot as his cock. That's not <laughs> Yeah. And it is mentioned that she is wet and tight at least once. Mm-hmm. And so then we're at the intercourse. We did the cowgirl. We did sex in front of other people. I think we've got the church scene the first time, the in front of Michael and Rika. And then there was another time, like when he was scaring her. That's like four times, yeah? There's at least four times, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't ever really, like, finger her. No, I think it's a little bit less on the the going down, the oral sex. Yeah, there isn't, like, any oral sex. Mm-mm, not, especially not compared to Sinner. God, that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> or even Sweet Liar, he was like, I'm gonna eat you out until your juices are all over me. <laughs> I think, I love, I love it. I absolutely fucking love how books when they have the man eat out a woman very often you know he'll i don't know i love that i love it love world sex good yeah it's good <sighs> to know there wasn't any in this book yeah so and they had sex like, like maybe five times that's maybe stretching it yeah i think so too and then what was c communication communication yeah <laughs> i think they do a pretty good job I mean, it's very, like, hot and cold, if we're not talking just sexual. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets, ang- like, they got the angry part down at each other. There's no, like, praise or humiliation, is there? No. No. I think it's okay. Yeah, and it's never too toxic, really. I like the fact that he, there was a couple times he's like, I'm not Kai, you're not Binks. There were a couple tender parts that I really liked. Yeah, when they can just be together and not have to worry about all the politics of it mm-hmm. i loved that they would fight but it was because they were both right you know what i mean mm-hmm. they never really lied to each other they never really like did anything to like harm each other you know it was pretty wholesome compared to michael and rika yeah i guess yeah you could say that 
I liked them better. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And then the erotic kinks and tropes. So we've got that primal play for sure. I think you can count the chasing, the running, and like the scaring. Mm -hmm. And then, and like you mentioned earlier, arranged marriage. Their marriage actually was arranged, wasn't it? Never Mm -hmm. really counted this as an arranged marriage kind of book. It definitely is, I think. Yeah, she snuck it in there on us. (sighs) And then they talk about the cowgirl pose. He's on top of her a lot. Like, I think there's a lot of fucking in missionary. Yeah, there's taboo with the priest. In public. Yeah. The role play. There's role so play. it's not super duper vanilla. But it, it was also not super, super kinky. It was just really dark. Yeah, I think the theme around their sex it was definitely dark. There's also this really sweet bath scene where he like gives her a wash, which we love. And Will is having a pajama party at their house. Alex picks out some sexy pajamas for Banks to wear. And she refuses to wear it, and Kai tells her to go change, and she says that she doesn't flaunt herself for the enjoyment of men. And Kai says, well, good, happy to hear it, because I'm the only man whose attention you should be trying to get. And baby, you got it years ago while wearing another man's clothes. He kissed my temple, his hot breath sending chills down my spine. So you can imagine how fucking beautiful you are to me right now wearing mine. I loved that because he just accepted that she loved Damon. I know. Kai is a good boy. I really like Kai. He's incredible. He's good. So what would be your spice rating? Okay. So overall, I would probably say three and a half, four. I agree. Three and a half, four is right what I was thinking too, because it's not like kinky, kinky, kinky. I don't think it could be a four. I feel like a four has to be pretty kinky. I feel like two of the scenes need to be longer. I felt like they were kind of over with kind of quickly. But, yeah. And then what would you rate this book? What would you give it for star rating? So, this was a reread for me. And I really, really enjoyed this reread. And I think that I would even read it again. And I know that I mentioned before that a reread would probably be a five star. And so I think that I have to give it five stars because I enjoyed this reread so much. Okay. Yeah. So another part that I really liked about the writing of this book was that the point of views were split between the characters really nicely without going back and forth every chapter too much. But also never felt like the story leaned on one character more than the other. Like, Eventually, you'd be like, oh, now we're back in Big's point of view, and it wouldn't be too short, and it wouldn't be too long, or whatever, and then you'd be back in Kai's point of view. Yeah, they were pretty even. What did you give it for stars? Okay, so the first time I read this book, I gave it a three-star rating, and honestly, oh, this time I'd probably give it three and a half. I liked this reread a little bit better my first time, and I just didn't really feel super strongly one way or another. I was disturbed when we found out about Damon's past with his mom, but I still, while I like Kai and Banks, I'm not over the moon like, oh my god, I rated Kai a book boyfriend, but I wouldn't obsess over him. Like my top tier book boyfriends. Like Sean Bell. Or Fallon, you know? Those are daddies. 
Okay, I didn't fucking rate Shauna the daddy. I cannot. (laughs) (laughs) You can't gush over them as boyfriends when they're daddies. Sean's definitely a daddy. Okay. (laughs) Sean's not a daddy. But, (laughs) yeah. I don't know. Like, they're fine. But also just was super long to me. I felt like. Yeah. (laughs) It was long. Yeah. We're invested now. Hopefully I never have to read that book again for a third time because I don't know. <laughs> you don't it's need to read it again. It's not one of my books I would read over and over and over again. Like Twilight. <laughs> yeah. I would maybe listen to it again now that I've listened to it again. Just to like, I feel like there's stuff at the beginning that I missed still a little bit for some reason. Like... Just some of Kai's mindset. Because I know when I first started listening to it again for the podcast, I was like, wow, this book is way darker than I expected. Because you start the book off with Kai attacking Rika. And you're just and he is just having this war with himself about how he likes it. And you're like, this is really weird. Like, I was really kind of put off and I put the reread off a little bit after I had gotten not very far into it. And then I picked it back up again and gave Kai another chance, and I fell in love with him. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of want to go back and re-listen to his inner dialogue from that beginning part again and see what I think of it now. Yeah. See, I like how different our opinions are, like how much more you feel for this book, where I'm more indifferent. Like, it was good. There yeah. were some really good quotes that we talked about, the tender moments I really like. But that wraps us up. Thanks for listening. You can join us next Tuesday when we read Actor Age Eve Brown by Talia Hibbert. And we are live on Instagram for Friday nights by 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Friday when we talk about this week's podcast with you all. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and do all the engagement things. Talking with y'all and seeing what you think about these books and topics is why we are here. Don't forget, you can also find us on TikTok, Facebook, anywhere you can find podcasts, the WeTube, and YouTube. See you next week. Until then, stay stay spicy. spicy.